the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You need to make sure that you are not completely isolated from the flock of God. Make sure that you are still in fellowship with other believers, whether that's getting together with one other family or two other families in a small group outside, you know, or or however you can work that out, you need to work that out. You need to be in fellowship for your own spiritual safety and well-being. Don't allow yourself to become isolated. Parents and teachers have been using the buddy system for years to help keep kids safe and where they're supposed to be. Well, just like kids are better off when they stick together, Pastor Dan shares that people who follow Jesus need the buddy system too. Today, you'll learn you need to stay connected to other believers. Pastor Dan explains that people who are off on their own are at risk of being picked off by God's enemy, Satan. That's why it's so important that you invest in personal relationships with other believers. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. It says the rulers of Israel ruled by force and cruelty. Now, Jesus specifically spoke against this in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 to 28. I'll just read it to you. Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus said here that the Gentiles, that the non believers, lord it over others, they lord their authority over others. That's characteristic of the ungodly, but it should not mark the leadership of a disciple of Jesus Christ. In Jesus's economy, if you want to be great, if you want to be first, you become servant of all. That's how his disciples lead. Not with force and not with cruelty. Jesus certainly didn't use force and he didn't use cruelty, right? A bruised reed he doesn't break. A smoking flax he doesn't extinguish. There's nothing about him that was was cruel. So because the leaders of Israel did not feed the sheep or protect them, 
but they preyed upon them and used them and abused them for their own gain. And because they ruled by force and by cruelty, verse 5 says, so they were scattered. The sheep were scattered because there was no shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. They were scattered because there was no shepherd shepherding them, protecting them, caring for them, providing for them. The people were sheep without a shepherd. That might sound familiar to you. When you look in the Gospels, Jesus uses this kind of language. He says this in the Gospels. Jesus is ministering in the Sea of Galilee area. He's got large crowds gathering around him. And we see in the Gospels, in Mark chapter 6, verse 34, for example, when Jesus saw the large crowd, it says he was moved with compassion for them. Compassion, that's his heart as a shepherd. Not force, not, not cruelty, but, but compassion. He's moved with compassion for them, it says, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. That comes right out of Ezekiel 34. He sees this big crowd that's gathered there. And he's moved with compassion because they're like sheep without a shepherd. And then listen, listen. Then it says, get the picture here. He's there on the hillside of the Sea of Galilee. Big crowd there. He sees them. He's moved with compassion because he knows they don't have a shepherd. They're just kind of out there on their own. Suffering. He's moved with compassion for them because they're like sheep without a shepherd. And then it says, so he began to teach them many things. He began to teach them. He gave them a Bible study. Isn't that amazing? Here's this big crowd. And they're like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus began to teach them. He gave them a Bible study. Remember the number one job of a shepherd is to feed the sheep. And what does Jesus do? What does the great shepherd do when he sees this crowd that's like sheep without a shepherd? He teaches them. He feeds them the word of God. He gives them the word of God. In Jesus' opinion, that is what those people needed more than anything else. In his opinion, that is what would help them the most. Teaching them. Giving them the word of God. And this is one reason why I'm so committed to teaching the word of God as we do here at Calvary Chapel. You know, just systematically going through verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, simply feeding the sheep the word of God. Of God, because I believe that's the pattern and that's the priority that you see in the Bible, in the scriptures. Jesus didn't didn't like put on a show for them. He didn't do a little dance routine. Didn't try to entertain them. He taught them. He fed them the word of God because that's what they needed. More than anything else. So again, verse 5, they're they're scattered because there's no shepherd. And they became food for all the beasts of the field when 
they were scattered. When sheep are scattered, they become food for all the beasts. Scattered sheep are easy prey. They are easily picked off. A sheep in isolation is vulnerable. A sheep in isolation is vulnerable. We need each other. We are safer when we are in fellowship together. Now, we live in a very unusual time, uh, and we have people that are joining us online and not in person because of the circumstances in the day that we, we live in. And, and let me just say, really to those of you that are watching online, if you can't be in fellowship because of the coronavirus, if you can't be in physical fellowship with people, because of the coronavirus, maybe you're on a high-risk category or someone in your house is in a high-risk category, I understand that. And that's why we work so hard to get a live stream going. But let me also say, you need to make sure that you are not completely isolated from the flock of God. Make sure that you are still in fellowship with other believers, whether that's getting together with one other family or two other families in a small group outside, you know, or or however you can work that out, you need to work that out. You need to be in fellowship for your own spiritual safety and well-being. Don't allow yourself to become isolated from the flock because when sheep are scattered, they become food. And you'll get picked off. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, not giving up meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Think of ways. You can be in fellowship with other believers. Don't give up meeting together, especially because of the days we live in. We need to fellowship more than ever before. I know of a couple families that uh, they, were, they were setting up a TV outside on their back patio and they would invite one or two other families over and they'd watch the service live stream together outside so that they could you know, be outside and socially distanced and all of that good stuff. Do what you got to do to make sure that you continue to be in fellowship with other believers. Don't allow yourself to become isolated. He goes on here in verse 6 to say, My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth and no one was seeking or searching for them. Notice the Lord God says, my sheep and my flock. He's going to say that over and over. You're going to see him say, my flock, my sheep. You're also going to see him start to say, I will. Right? And so, My sheep, my flock, the people belong to the Lord. The church belongs to Jesus Christ. It's His church. It's His people. Therefore, verse 7, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God. Our God is alive. He's a living God. He's a living Savior. As I live, says the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became food for every beast of the field, Because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds 
and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths that they may no longer be food for them. God promises to hold these unfaithful shepherds accountable for what they've done to the flock that was entrusted to their care. And God says here he will remove the shepherds and cause them to cease. 70 AD, God destroyed the temple in Jerusalem using the Roman Empire. And the priesthood ended. It was abolished. God brought an end to it. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now look at verse 11. Verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, indeed, watch what he says, I myself will search for my sheep. And seek them out. God himself will become the shepherd of Israel. In the Hebrew here it's emphatic. Indeed I myself says Lord. I the owner of the sheep. The maker of the sheep. I will be their shepherd. I will do it myself. Because you have failed. I will do it. I myself will search for my sheep. And seek them out. Now, this is echoed in the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels. Jesus said things like he came to seek and save the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's taking that from Ezekiel 34, from this prophecy here in Ezekiel 34, where the Lord God says, I indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. And Jesus said, I have come to seek and save the lost sheep. Of the house of Israel. In Luke 15. Jesus told the parable of the shepherd. Who leaves the 99 sheep. To go and look for the one lost sheep. No doubt Jesus had Ezekiel 34 in mind. When he said those things. The leaders of Israel were unfaithful shepherds. And so God himself. Will become their faithful shepherd. Or their good shepherd. The good shepherd of Israel in contrast to these bad shepherds. Jesus is the good shepherd. Now I mentioned earlier that the priests, after the captivity, the priests would read Ezekiel 34 out loud as a lament during the Feast of Tabernacles. You guys remember that? I told you to file that away. Well, you can bring that file up. If you're taking notes, John chapter 10 John chapter 10, during the Feast of Tabernacles. During the Feast of Tabernacles, what does Jesus do? He goes into the courts of the temple in Jerusalem and declares, I am the good shepherd. 
I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. It's one of his I am statements, a declaration that he himself is God. I am the good shepherd. I am God, the good shepherd. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. The people have Ezekiel 34 on the mind. It's what the priests are reading out loud and lamenting over when God condemns the bad shepherds and declares he will come and he will be the shepherd of Israel. And it's in the midst of that that Jesus goes into the temple and says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. And then he goes on in John chapter 10 after declaring that he's the good shepherd. He goes on to explain the difference between a hireling or a hired hand and the good shepherd. And he explains that the hireling doesn't own the sheep. They're not his sheep. He doesn't really care about the sheep. So when danger comes, the hireling abandons the sheep to preserve his own life. And he allows the sheep to be destroyed. Jesus was talking about the religious leaders. The priests. Who were just in it for themselves. Just in it for the benefits. Right? They like to wear the long flowing robes. They like the greetings in the marketplace. They like the best seats at the parties. They like for people to say, Rabbi, Rabbi. They were in it for what they got out of it. They were hirelings. They didn't care about the sheep. They are false shepherds. Just like Ezekiel 34 describes, Jesus, on the other hand, in contrast, He's the good shepherd who loves the sheep and owns the sheep and most importantly gives His life for the sheep on the cross to rescue His sheep from danger. You see, the, the entire good shepherd teaching in John chapter 10 is in the context of Ezekiel 34. And what we're reading here He goes on in verse 12, As a shepherd seeks out his flock, on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep, the Lord God speaking, and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. Now, a cloudy and dark day is a reference to the day of the Lord. You see it back in Ezekiel chapter 30, verse 3, for example. So he's referencing here the end times now. He's looking ahead to to the end times when God, Jesus, will gather His people, Israel, back into their land and He will be their shepherd. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and the valleys and in the inhabited places of the country. Again, we see here, he's, he's going to bring them out, but not just out of Babylon. He's going to bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, plural, where they were scattered. So this is much broader than Babylon. This is, this is a regathering from a worldwide exile. And God says here, I'm going to bring them to their, their own land. And I'm going to feed them on the mountains of Israel and in the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. He's going to bring them back into their own land. Again, he's looking ahead way beyond the Babylonian captivity. He's looking down to the last days when God will regather the Jewish people back into their land from all over the world. This prophecy is being fulfilled in our day. Uh, Since the 1800s, God has been 
has been bringing the Jewish people back to their own land, Israel. 1948, the state of Israel was established. An important piece of the fulfillment of this prophecy. Though it's not completely fulfilled, God is still fulfilling, still bringing people back. He's, he's, he's feeding them. He's prospering them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys, in the inhabited places. We see this being fulfilled. I will feed them, look what it says, verse 14, I will feed them in good pasture. And their folds shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. Does that remind you of any other passage in the Bible? How about Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths. For his name's sake. And here the Lord God says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the shepherd of Israel. I'm going to bring them back into their land. I'm going to give them green pastures and I'm going to cause them to lie down, which speaks of security. Sheep are real skittish. Sheep will lie down only if it feels safe and secure. Otherwise, they're just going to pace and bah, you know. It's describing security here. It's describing peace for Israel. Something that they don't have. So this part is not fulfilled and has never been fulfilled. There's no, there's no sense of rest or security in Israel. Not yet, but there will be. There will be. This promise will be fulfilled. So again, here God describing himself as, as the shepherd of Israel. We know this is fulfilled ultimately by Jesus Christ. You know, a couple other passages uh, for you to consider. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. is a beautiful prophecy concerning Jesus. Isaiah forty eleven. it says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Speaking of Jesus as the shepherd, feeding his flock as a shepherd. We see the same thing in Micah chapter 5. Micah 5 too tells us that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem, right? Well, two verses later, Micah chapter 5 verse 4 tells us that he will Feed his flock. This one born in Bethlehem, who will be the ruler, the Messiah, he will feed his flock as a shepherd. So it goes on here in verse 16. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Again, Jesus came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I will bind up the broken and strengthen What was sick? Again, Jesus binds up the brokenhearted. He heals the wounded. He strengthens those who are cast down and those who are sick. By His stripes we are healed. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and I will feed them in judgment. So we see here in verse 16 that Jesus will do what the false shepherds did not do. 
He'll seek the lost. He'll bring back that which was driven away. He'll bind up the broken. He'll strengthen what was sick. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. Rings true.